Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, everybody. My name is Neil Anderson. Welcome to the Return to Real podcast right here on KSL. It's an honor today. I'm with somebody who's really become super important in my industry. You've heard of Body by Brie. I know you have. And I was lucky enough to call her, and she was gracious enough to accept and come on our show. So when we get trainers on the show, what I do is I sit down and pick their minds for health secrets and fitness secrets. And, and this one's special. She's She's got a lot of followers online, and you need to be a follower of hers, too. So if you would, Brie Cox, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so honored that you asked me to be on here. I was so excited. Fun to talk to you. Let's do this. Like I love trainers. Trainers are my favorite things. And I like to get to the bottom. You've you've helped thousands and thousands of people over the years. And then I have. Dr. Wallace Nelson and Ashlyn Nelson were like, you need we can get you hooked up with Brie. Like you can talk to her. And I was like, All right, if I ever got a chance, I would ask this <laughs> question. So what's the secret, Brie, to health and fitness? You you help a lot of people. What's the secret? What can we learn right off the bat? So I would say the secret is there is no secret. (laughs) There is no secret to health and fitness, but I would say that my successful clients that it becomes a lifestyle is they take out the expectation of having an end goal. So they stop looking at, Oh, I need to lose 20 pounds And that's my goal. And then when I hit it, I'm successful because that's not the goal. The goal is to make it a lifestyle. So it's a day in and day out um, decision. And I have my clients focus on daily mental wins. And I, I think that's what sets me apart as a trainer is that I'm so focused on the mental side of getting in shape and losing weight and being fit and healthy that I feel like that's what makes it stick is when you're mentally in and not just focusing on losing, you know, losing weight, losing 20 pounds or whatever that is for you. So that would be my secret. I've noticed that's a real thing. I've I've always said, so I've been doing this 26 years and I've always said, I'm I'm really not in the health and fitness business. I'm more in kind of this mental business of of increasing and and changing human behavior. It's weird because you think it ought to be a nothing thing. I do this, I get that, but it's never that cut and dry is it it's not and so many people get hung up on the result instead of on the input and so i focus on okay what can you control you can control your input you can control your daily mental wins you can control you know what you're putting into the program you can't necessarily control the output you can't say i'm gonna lose 20 pounds in three weeks that's just not you know some people will great and some people won't and when you cannot measure your success on that result, you have to measure your success on what you're putting in and what you are doing. And so that's what I help my clients realize. Based on your experience, who is uh, 
what mental mindset does a person have to have to become successful at your program, my program, anybody's program? I would say take it one, take it a day at a time. Um, because a lot of people will get overwhelmed with the end goal and they'll let that distract them or they'll feel overwhelmed with it. So I would say take it a day at a time and then also set realistic expectations for yourself because I help my clients see that there are seasons of life. So for example, a new mom that's doing my postpartum program would not have the same expectations as someone who's training for a fitness competition. So we all have different seasons of life. Some seasons of life, you can work out five and six days a week for an hour. And that's great. Other seasons of life, you might be like happy to get in, you know, three days a week. And so sometimes you are in survival mode. And just having my third child, I was in survival mode for the first probably two or three months and that was okay. You know, so I would say set realistic expectations, set, set realistic goals that you know you can stick to because when you, when you set these high goals and you don't hit them, like let's say you do set your goal to be six days a week, an hour and a half every day, you're going to cut out gluten and sugar and dairy. And then when you don't do it, you lose confidence with yourself and then you're like, screw it. I'll just, I can't do this. This is too hard. So a better approach would be, what can I realistically do? I can realistically do three days a week. I can realistically try to hit my protein number and I feel good about that. Right. And then once you master that, then you start with the next habit. So I I call that habit layering. But, But the second that you build confidence with yourself, that's what's going to help you stick to your program. So I always say like the more extreme the effort or the more extreme like the diet, the less realistic your results are going to be. So I read that. I was so impressed with that. And of course, that's true. I love your thoughts. So layer it. First layer. Keep going to the first layer until you've mastered the first layer and then add a layer only after you master the first layer. Is that your thoughts? Yes. Yes. Too many people try to... Yeah. Too many people try to go straight in. Oh, I need to lose 20 pounds. So I'm going to do keto. Right. I've, yeah. I've never personally met anybody who has kept the weight off with keto. It's yeah. too extreme. It's too hard for people. So that's my whole approach. Yeah. I love that. You just do as much as you start, start with your small goal. I, I can't tell you how many guys my age, especially will start off. They haven't worked out in 30 years. Really? They haven't. Right. So now what's going to happen is I got 50 pounds to lose and I'm going to start doing all the stuff coach had me do. And I'm going to do all my body by free stuff. And then I'm going to hit this really tough diet and nutrition challenge. And then at the very end of it, it's, it doesn't occur to them when they fail because they will. They really will. There's maybe one or two yeah. guys that pull that off in my lifetime that I've seen. And then they'll, they just quit. That's the funniest thing to me is at the very end of all this, they're done. Well, what did you adjust? Oh, nothing. It doesn't work. Well, no, right. all of it. That's that's where you went wrong. That's so great. I right. say that one thing at a time. Right? Yes. Let's start start here too. Talk about your specific stuff. I love your stuff. So one of my clients, Melanie, is one of your clients, and what she does is she comes in and she has your app. You have an app, and yeah, the body by so, app. It is so amazing. Like she just oh, said, and she was you. like showing it off. Here's my before and after pictures. And they all just 
fall in the same thing. All of our measurements are there. All of our lifts are there. And, and the, the best thing I love about yours is every week it tracks your progress versus yes. you last week. What a brilliant app. How'd you come up with that? Yeah, it's actually a platform through Trainerize. And um, you have to be a client of mine to use the app. So not everybody can just go on the Apple store and get it. Like you have to be my client because each of my clients has specific needs. So they're going to have, you know, different macros. They're going to have different goals. Um, they, one might have home, one might have gym, you know, beginner advanced. Like, so I have to physically set you up on my app before you have access to it. And so that's why it's so unique. It's not just like a Kayla sweat app, you know, where anybody is doing the same workout. It's specifically for you. Yeah, it was too. So is that pretty intensive on your part? You have to go in. So you two probably have to talk and no, I know they, I know this actually because they write their goals and you can read all of it. She, she did that. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll fill out the process is that they'll fill out a questionnaire so that I can get to know their why their goals. I calculate their macros according to their height, weight, age, activity level, um, what they've been eating before previously. Cause that makes a big difference. Like sometimes people will go online and just do these macro calculators but it doesn't take into account what they've been eating. So maybe it says that they're, you know, supposed to be eating 2000 calories, but they've been eating 1200 calories for the last six months. That's going to make you gain weight. You have to reverse diet out of that. So that's where a coach comes in that's knowledgeable that can help you do that. So I also have like two way communication on my app where they can message in and ask any questions to me and my team. And, um, yeah, they just have full support. It's, it's awesome. We have biweekly check-ins. We do progress pictures and measurements and macro adjustments if they need. So it's definitely a very hands-on training approach. Go back. Teach me about reverse dieting. You were saying that if somebody was starting, they were already eating 1,200 calories, which is a lot of people. And they will have been doing that for quite a while. And then their numbers say you should be eating 1,600, 1,800 a day. Yes. What's the process getting up to there and and start losing weight because that would actually add, and most people would be afraid they they'd gain weight in that period. Are, right. What's the process for reverse dieting? So the reason why you can't stay in that caloric deficit is because your body will adapt. Your body, it's like your body's survival mode is it's like trying to not have you lose weight, which is annoying. So you have to. You can diet, but what I say is focus on being in a deficit for a certain amount of time and then reverse out. Even if you haven't hit your goals, reverse back out because you don't want to be in that low of a state for too long. And I never put my clients below 1400 calories. I will not. I, I don't think it's healthy. It's not good for your hormones. I don't want my clients like white knuckling it through their diet. I want them to feel lots of energy and feel good. Um, and I believe you can still get results. At, if my clients are ever at 1200 before they see me, I immediately up them. So um, anyway, how I would do that is I would slowly add, depending on where they're at, um, it would look something like 25, maybe even 20 carbs and maybe like three or four grams of fat and then have them add that and then just stay there for about two weeks and see how they feel. Just see if they have any changes in their body. Um, and if they don't, then we'll up it again. If they do see a change, we'll leave it there for another like week or two. So it's really mm -hmm. just depends on the client. So um, it's very like personal, but they will be able to tell, oh, I, I gained a pound or two, so then we'll hold it. 
or no, nothing happened. Let's up it again. Like I've had a client where I've upped it every other week. We've upped it until she was at like 2000 calories. And she was thinking that she could only eat 1200 calories and she did not gain one pound. And she looks awesome, but now she's able to build more muscle and get leaner and have more energy and help her hormones. Like the goal is to not stay in that deficit. The goal is to eat as many calories as possible while still seeing results. So that's what I try to show my clients. And the number one, the funniest thing is the number one complaint I get when I have a new client is this is too much food. They're like, this is too much food. I can't eat this. I'm going to gain weight. And I'm like, just trust me, trust the process. You know, you can eat more than you think you can. I want to like tell all these girls, like stop eating 1200 calories (laughs) and exercise less. That's the other thing. In this day and age, everybody thinks they have to over-exercise and under-eat. And that's the only way to get there. And it's just not true. Yeah. Well, um, this is where hormones can can come into play as well. And I have had on the podcast, I talked about this actually this week, 12 ways to balance your hormones naturally. Um, And a lot of people can have a hormone imbalance, especially Mm -hmm. after babies. So that's kind of my target market is women between the ages of 25 and 50. And they're in their like baby making years and your hormones get thrown off. And then they just keep cutting and cutting and cutting, working out more and more and more. And it's actually raising their cortisol levels. So it's ruining their hormones. If your hormones are not level and you're doing that to your body, it's actually going to make it in a more stressed state and it'll be worse. So that's where we ease up on the working out. We up your fats. We take out the refined sugars and the refined carbs and help your body heal. Then you can work on losing the weight. But you have to have healthy hormones. Like that's an issue that a lot of women are dealing with that are my age, which I thought it was like menopausal women, but it's not. It's any, after you have babies, like it just messes you up. So it's a lot of stress. I don't think it's that we, a give, lot. Uh, we don't give credit for that. It's a little like there was a doctor I was talking to one time and he was like, it's a little like breaking a leg only worse because a leg break only takes six weeks to heal, but a pregnancy yeah. is nine months plus the postpartum, plus the no sleep, all the stuff like that. It is an absolute drag on the system. Right, right. And you've been through it three times? Yes, three times. Let's go back. I want to talk about you a little bit. How'd you get into this? Tell me your story. Tell me your background. Um, Well, I've actually been training since I was 18 years old. I just always knew that this was something that I was very passionate about. Um, I actually got a degree in broadcast journalism and I went to graduate school for a nonprofit and international business. And I kept coming back to fitness because <laughs> I was like, I just, it's just my passion. I still do humanitarian work on the side and my broadcast journalism has helped me with all of my videos and things that I do all of my fitness yeah, videos. You really are. Oh, thank you. You're Love so nice. Yourself. Thank you. But I just kept coming back to the training because it was my, it's, it's just my passion. So I've been doing it since I was 18 years old and I, I started working out in a gym actually. Um, and I would taught classes. That's where body by Brie, like the name came from is, um, my girls in my classes would joke like, Oh, my body is 
body is because of Brie. And so they started calling all my classes body by Brie classes. And it was in this, yeah, it was in this little town. And anyway, it kind of took off. So I did a couple fitness shows and I just started documenting my fitness shows and what the process was. And then I started getting traction. And then I was like, I bet I could do this online. I'm so sick of training in a gym. And then it just took off. It was great. So yeah. yeah well, the, the pictures are pretty compelling. Like your results that you've gotten with yourself were compelling. And then um, I'm, I'm equally as inspired by the people on your side, like the, the befores and afters that you see a lot. Oh. Even, even cute little Melanie that comes in here, like her befores and after are just tremendous. Yeah. So you do really good work. Thank it's cool. You. So you always have been into it. And then you obviously had a baby. And I think uh, here's, here's what I know. I know this um, because I remember, I remember that there was a lady that's following you in here and she was like, Oh, cute little body by Brie has this body right now. Whatever. Wait till that one has a baby. And then you did have a baby and you crushed <laughs> coming back from it. And then you had two babies and you crushed coming back from it. <laughs> So, like, I, I think this poor lady was crushed when she saw you doing it. But I don't know why. I'm sure she is happy for you. Yeah, but yeah. you do so well. It's very inspiring. What's the secret to that? Like, if uh, if I'm trying to get back in shape or... Uh, do you suggest people work out during their pregnancy? Yes, 100%. I, I think it's <laughs> the most important time of your life to work out when you're pregnant. The most important time of your life. Because it's benefiting you and the baby. It's preparing you for labor. It's helping with varicose veins, with blood pressure, with weight gain, with everything. And so um, I definitely suggest... I have pregnancy programs as well for my clients. But I worked out up until um, I delivered all three of my babies. So I, it was very important to me. But I do want to mention that every pregnancy is so different because my first baby, I bounced right back. I felt great. I bounced right back. Um, I actually was in the gym too soon. I was like working out two weeks after and that probably wasn't the smartest thing. And I did some damage to my pelvic floor. So then the second baby, I took my time, but I still bounced back pretty well. Then the third baby, something had changed. It was my hormones or turning 30 or whatever. And it was the hardest I had ever worked to feel like myself again. And I feel like I still am trying to get there. I feel like I'm still not there. And um, I just want to put out there like that new moms have so much pressure to get back too fast. And so a lot of my postpartum stuff is messaging to try to help them know that you're not necessarily, yes, you want to feel like yourself again and you want to work out so that you feel confident, but it's not about how you look. It is about feeling good, working out so you have the endorphins or working out because you're doing something for yourself that day. Or, you know, I change it so it's more for your mental health. And it's not like, hey, let's get back in your pre-pregnancy genes because it, it is really hard. I had like baby blues. I had a little, I wouldn't say I didn't have depression. I'd say baby blues because of the hormonal changes. And so I, I just feel so bad for these women who compare themselves. I would compare myself to other with other women who just have babies and be like, so crappy about myself. Like, well, how come they just have a six pack already? And I'm over here busting my butt, you know? So I think that that's a very fine line. 
to try to get back. But um, I, I would de- always suggest working out during your workout or during your pregnancy. And that's what I help women with is throughout the whole, because I actually am, I specialize in pre and postnatal fitness. So helping women stay safe during their pregnancy, because a lot of women don't think that they can work out or they're on the other side and they work out so hard that they're doing moves that they should not be doing, that they're actually going to damage their pelvic floor. They're going to make their diastasis recti even worse. They're going to have a bigger ab separation. So that's where I'm like, ah, stop. Like I want to, I want to educate as many women as I can on how to stay safe. And then even coming back, how to do like your breathing exercises and um, how to engage your pelvic floor before you start doing any of the ab exercises or you'll just make your gap worse. So there's just so much to know. Stop there. Here's what I got to do. I have to take a break. Um, but I, when I come back, I want to hear some of your thoughts on that. Like, cause I get that question a ton. All right, Neil, what happens if like, cause I don't know when I can start doing my abs again. If I do my abs again too soon, can it make things worse? And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Can we, can we pause right here and come of back course. in a second? All right. Bodybybree.com is where you find Brie Cox. She's also got the Body by Brie podcast, um, Brie Cox on Instagram. You can find her everywhere and it's all good stuff. Folks, you're listening to Return to Real. I'm Neil Anderson. We'll be right back after this. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Anderson. Welcome back to Return to Real. I have Bree Cox on the line today. We're in Zoom. I am... At GPP Fitness right now. This is rare for me. I usually do this from home. Where are you located right now? I actually live in LA. Yeah. But I'm yeah. from Utah. All my friends and family live in Utah. So it's my, my heart part? is in Utah. Um, Kaysville. I, I grew up in Kaysville. I went to Davis High. That's just my stomping grounds. Uh, you're a local girl. I love it. We're right here in Davis County too. That's where, where GPP is located. Before we went to break, Bree, you were talking about the um, that diastasis recti. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you were saying that females need to know that after they come back from their pregnancies, they need to be a little careful with, with their pelvic floor and with their, their abs. And I get this question a lot, so I want to ask you, how soon before I can start working those abs? And when I do start working them, if I'm allowed, what should I be doing right after a pregnancy? Yeah. So um, the first question, how soon after it's honestly going to be very individual. So a way to check to see if you can start doing abs. And when I say ab workouts, I mean the traditional core exercises, um, but after you have your baby, you should be doing breathing exercises to try to reconnect your pelvic floor muscles and your your brain with your ab muscles. And that sounds weird, but when you have a baby, the connection is lost because your abs have completely separated. 
And so it's a weird feeling. Like you'll try to flex your abs and it's like, nothing really happens. So you're trying, yes, you have to connect your mind with your inner core, um, those deep inner muscles. And that's through breathing exercises. And you should start that like the week you come home or even the week after you have your baby where you're just trying to connect your mind with your core and have it start working again. So everybody's Can you give me an example of what a breathing exercise, sorry to interrupt you, could you give me an example of what one of those breathing exercises would look like or sound like or be like? Yeah. So what you would do, an example, I have this also on my Instagram, but you would um, lay flat on the ground and you're going to try to, so it's opposite of what you intuitively would want to do. But when you breathe in, you push your stomach out. And when you breathe out, you push your stomach in. And you're going to imagine like pushing your back into the floor when you're lying on the ground, if that makes sense. So that's what you're going to start with. And then when you go to like level two, you can lift like one or two legs up and then do that breathing exercise. And then you can maybe lift your head up and do the breathing exercise and you slowly advance. But you ha- you'll notice like even just doing that will be exhausting. Like I would do it for even five or 10 minutes a day and my stomach was sore because I could fit my entire fist into my ab separation in my stomach. Wow. It was Isn't more than right? four fingers. Yeah. So it's hard. And a lot of women will be like, Oh, I need to get my six pack back. I'm going to start doing crunches and planks and sit ups. That's the worst thing you can do when you have ab separation. All it's going to do is put more pressure on your abdominal walls to pull out farther. So how you know if you're ready for, I still, I'm, I'm a, a year postpartum and I still have like about two finger gap um, because mine was so big. It was more than four fingers wide. So um, just be careful. A lot of women will see a dome shape uh, when they go to do a plank or if they go to like do a leg lift, you'll see a dome shape. And that shows you that you still have ab separation. When you see that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do the workout. It just means you have to be very careful. And you really want to engage your your transverse abdominis muscles before you do the exercise, if that makes sense. So what I tell my clients is I go, take a deep breath, breathe it out, tighten, and then do your exercise, if that makes sense. It's hard to do it over a podcast, but you get the point. If they checked out your Instagram, that would be on your Instagram. Yeah. Body by Brie Fitness. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I have a whole tutorial. Once once we get past the breathing exercises and and once you're ready to advance, where then do you start in in your mind? Where where would a person start? And I get that that would be different for everybody. Hard Hard to really say. Yeah. Well, well, once you, you just slowly start advancing. So like, instead of doing the breathing exercises, like then you'd, you'd lift both your legs off the ground and then maybe you would, um, lift both of your feet up into the air and you could do like a slight crunch that way. Um, but you don't want to start doing things like V ups, even planks. You have to be careful. Um, if you see that, that little, uh, peak that I was telling you about, yeah. You want to be very careful of doing planks and doing V-ups or full sit-ups or anything with your legs. Like, you know how people will do leg lifts or um, butterflies. You'll notice that that arch is going to, is always going to be prominent when you do things like that. That's showing you that your core is not strong enough yet 
So for example, instead of having your legs be all the way down to the ground, bring them parallel. And then you can slowly start bringing them down. The second you see that little arch come in your stomach, go back because you don't want to pull too much and you'll be able to, you can feel it. Like if your lower back starts coming off the ground, stop. You're not strong enough yet and don't push it. Like I just see too many women in the gym. They just have a baby and they're just going hard. And I'm like, ah, you're going to hurt your pelvic floor. You're going to make it worse. So yeah, what do we worry about with that pelvic floor in terms of like, if we overdo it? Yeah. So, uh, you can either overdo it when you're pregnant where I see women doing like box jumps or like running when you're like nine months pregnant and you really should have a belt, like a supportive belt on your belly. Because think of like a huge bowling ball pushing down on those supportive, your pelvic muscles or your pelvic floor is what supports all your organs, like everything inside your body, right? So if that's loose, it's going to sway down. And it sounds really weird and it it sounds like it's um, dramatic, but it's not. A lot of women can have prolapse where their uterus actually falls, like it falls down and it's, it's, you don't have enough support to support your lower back, your, all of your organs your core. And so that's where you have issues. You have like, um, incontinence, uh, or you can have your uterine or your bladder prolapse, like out of your body, which is terrifying. Um, but if you're lifting too heavy after you have a baby, your pelvic floor is very weak. And that is, that's really easy to do actually. So that's why it's very, very important that you take it slow Listen to your body. Don't rush it. Let your body heal before you start putting all this stress on it. That's uh, really good advice. Something that, especially these days, for some reason we're in this weird place right now where more exercise seems to be better. And I do see those poor stressed out little mamas come running yeah. into the gym within weeks. We had this cute little mama come in. Um, it's been a few years ago, and it, I don't. I think it was more of an accident. I, I'm not sure if it was because she came back too soon, but she went to the back. She separated herself. She came in, she was working out. I think it was, I think she probably waited the entire six weeks that the doctor will typically recommend. Um, she goes in the back and almost bled to death in the back of my gym um, from just kind of terrifying. Back. Yeah. She yeah. ended up with some transfusions, a whole bunch of stuff. And it was oh just my like, goodness. A, yeah, just sometimes you can't know. And I don't think that everybody knows those are the dangers. Well, and, uh, and not only that, but just like your lower back, like you have, you still don't have a core. So like if you go to squat, you have no support for your lower back. So, right. so many people will feel that or your hips are still trying to come back into place. So then your hip to knee alignment is off. So then your knees are going to hurt. Like I tried running and my knees hurt, my back hurt, like everything hurt because it's out of alignment. So I understand wanting to feel like yourself again because that was me. You know, it's like a year of feeling crappy and you're like, I just want to feel like myself again, but it's not worth injuring yourself. So that's where like my postnatal and my pregnancy programs come into play because I really make sure that they're on track for that and also not dieting too much where you lose your milk supply. So that's another thing too. That's a sketchy issue, issue, isn't it? Like 
Some yeah. of the moms will come in and some of them, there's not a thing you can do to a person to make the milk supply go away. And others, they just have to lean just right and they'll lose theirs. Yeah. It's just a sketchy situation. Yeah, was- it's definitely hard. But a lot of people, I mean, moms either think I can't get in shape until I'm done nursing or they think, oh, I'm, I can diet and then they lose their milk. So it is a fine line. Like I want to, I want to show women, you can count macros, you can see results and keep your milk supply. That's what I help them with. I love that. Thank you for that. I, one of my most embarrassing stories in the history of my career was early on the American college of gynecology had suggestions that females don't work out when they, when they get pregnant. And so once you become pregnant, it's a no. I had this lady call one time and she was really struggling with some issues. It was in her head mostly and in her heart. And she was like, I just need to work out during this work, during this pregnancy. I'm not doing well. I think it was her fifth child. She um, was just struggling in her head. And so I started working her out. We were working out, working out, working out. And then it came out that she was pregnant. I hadn't asked her all the right questions. Or maybe I did and she lied because I used to, used to make people fill out a, a piece of paper. And she, it came out that she was pregnant and, um, I set her down and I was like, I can't work out with you anymore. And she cried and cried and cried the worst kind of ugly cry that there is. She was so desperate to work out, but that was the science back then. And I thought I was doing her a favor and I wasn't, I think at the end of the day, that was probably one of the more traumatic things that I've ever been through. And I'm positive it was for her too. So I'm grateful that you're helping yes. people along the lines here and yeah it is it is such a mental like i don't know for me it's just a release like i i have to work out every day for my mental sanity (laughs) so i feel that mom's pain i would have cried too i would have bawled my eyes out in front of you She she begged me she was like i will do anything i'm like i can't and she was just like oh poor girl due to my lack of, of experience and, and really, and just so people are know, know, like we're not trying to supersede your doctor's advice here. This is just no, common yeah. stuff. And, and of course we'd all do, we do everything that, that you're suggesting here um, under the supervision of a doctor, but uh, there is hope. You can yes. work out. Yes, it's definitely. Okay. Yeah. Love and then be careful coming back. Yes, be definitely be careful. careful Yes. They need somebody like you to guide them through it. And I love yes. that you've been through it and have been successful. Yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate because it's a very fragile state to be in. <laughs> I told my husband, I'm like, I don't know how people, like, for me, it was really hard. It was super hard. And people just make it look so easy. And so I want to bring light to it and be like, hey, it's okay if you're not okay. You know, like the last thing you need to do is to put more pressure on yourself to lose 15 pounds right now, you know? So that's where I try to be more of the holistic approach. I love that that's coming from you too, because if I try to say it, no (laughs) way, no way. Take your time. This will be okay. What do you know about it? I know. Yeah, no, (laughs) I know. I know. People get desperate. I get that. Yeah. Well, I love that. I, I think that uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. What uh, you. inspiration you are to me and many others. So thanks for letting us sit here and pick your mind. I'd love to pick your mind about other things too, but we've gone over time here. Um, I'd love to know about your nutrition. How should people eat? 
like specifically then if you can't reel that in what's the what are some secrets that you know and we really didn't get into much exercise here in terms of like where do i start tomorrow so yeah I think the first things we do is just send them over to you right right i would love that i have eight week training programs um, I actually am doing a challenge on September 7th. So if people are interested, um, check it out on my website, bodybybree.com. If you want more like mental, mental and physical health, uh, information, then you can check out my podcast. It's called Better Me with Body by Bree and it's on all of the platforms. So yeah. I'll be checking that out for sure. Thanks for coming and spending time with us today. Bree Cox, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And folks, you've been listening to Bree Cox right here on KSL's Return to Real podcast with Neil Anderson. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.